Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. We just pray. Father God, we thank you. Once again, we come before you to receive instructions wisdom and understanding we ask for insight from your word in Jesus name Amen alright so we continue with a, a study on Lazarus and the rich man I don't know how many of you have taken time to go back to that and uh, I'm trying to make you understand that this is a parable and we're able to list out the five parables we find in that uh, chapter. From chapter 5 to chapter 6, we said there are five parables. Uh, parable of the lost sheep, parable of the lost coin, parable of the prodigal son, parable of the just steward, and the last one, parable of the rich man or the Lazarus. Okay, so we can just start again. Uh, I'll review a little bit. Some of the areas supposed to touch last week that we didn't touch in relation to the rich man. So, but let's look at 16 again. Luke 16, 19. And they said there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fed sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of cells. Okay. And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Whatever the dogs came and licked his sores. Hallelujah. Now those are the areas we're really going to be dealing with tonight. Um, we've ostensibly dealt with the issue of who the rich man was. So we, we just say one or two things about that, then we'll move on to who is Lazarus. Already we know who the rich man really was. The rich man was simply the Pharisees, the house of Judah, isn't it? Right. We can see that from Genesis 35, like we said last week. Genesis 35, verse 22. Bible it came to pass when Israel dwelt on the land that Reuben went and lay with Behel, his father's concubine, and Israel hired him. Now the sons of Jacob were twelve. And verse 23, the sons of Leah were Reuben, Jacob's husband, and Simeon, and Levi, and Judah, and Issachar, and Zebulun. And then verse 24, the sons of Rachel, Joseph and Benjamin, and the sons of Behar, Rachel's handmaid, Dan and Naphtali, and the sons of Zepha, Leah's handmaid, Gad and Asher. These are the sons of Jacob who were born to him upon Aram. And we find that in the, in the case of locating the five brethren, we find that in verse 23. Isn't it? Yeah, because the rich man said, I have five brothers. And we're trying to locate that. And one of the things that enables to find this out was because he referred to Abraham as his father. And Abraham called him son. So we know that we're talking about the family of Abraham or the lineage of Abraham. So these are the five brothers that the rich man was talking about. Amen. Praise the Lord. Right. And we say this rich man, like we said, is the Pharisee, the southern kingdom, Judah, or the kingdom of Judah, if you will. Okay. 
And like we were trying to say, the Pharisees knew that they were actually being spoken to. Jesus was talking to them and they understood that. And um, I told us that the thing that makes the Pharisees rich was actually um, the laws and all of those things that God gave to them, which other nations never had. We find that in Romans chapter 9, 1 to 4. We don't need to read that. But again, we said that because they fell sumptuously and not caring about other nations, um, they were placed on a course, which we'll find in Romans chapter 11, verse 9. And then we said, let your table be made a snare and a trap and a stumbling block and a recompense unto them. Let their eyes be darkened that they may not see and bow down their backs always. Hallelujah. This becomes the reason why, I mean, why this cause coming because of the, 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 the position they were placed and yet they were not responding to that position by taking care of other nations. So we're going to see, I'm saying that they were so proud, you know, the Pharisees' attitude, so much pride and all of that, and then this cause came on them. They were supposed to be a help to other nations, like we find in Deuteronomy chapter 4, for instance. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse number 5. And the Bible said, Behold, I've taught you statutes and judgment, even as the Lord my God commanded me, that he should do so in the land without the gold to possess it. Verse 6. Keep therefore and do them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding, the sight of the nations, which are here, all these statutes, and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. Amen? All right. And say, For what nation is there so great who had God so nigh unto them, as the Lord our God is in all things that we call upon him for? And what nation is there so great that hath statutes and judgment, so righteous as all these laws which are set before you this day? Now, this is basically the position of Israel and what God intend to do through them by ministering these laws to other nations. I explained that extensively last week. But this they were not doing. Amen? They were not doing this. Let's, let me show you their attitude, you know, which was what Jesus actually detested. Uh, Jesus never hated them as a people, but he hated their attitude. And so, look at the book of Luke chapter 18, for instance, verse 10. Luke 18, verse 10. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one of them a Pharisee and the other a publican. Remember the publicans, tax collectors. All right, they were working for the Romans. Verse 11. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are. Exhaustioners, unjust, adulterous, even as this publican. Twelve them and Sunday praying. Now look at the attitude. You understand that? Good. Now these are the things that Jesus hated. They are spiritual pride. I, can you imagine two people praying in a place and saying, I'm not like this one. They always distress people. And this is what Jesus hated in their attitude. Praise the living God. They were pretending to be very religious, but they were not. In fact, they were far away from God. They were not having a personal relationship with God. Very religious. Amen? Look at Mark 16, verse 6. Then Jesus said unto them, 
Take heed and beware of the living of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. What was the living? The doctrines, their teachings, their attitude. Jesus hated those things. Praise the living God. Then you go to Matthew 23 verse 13. I'm just trying to pick up the few things that make uh, uh, the Lord, if you use the word, please are course on them in Revelation, I mean Romans 11. Matthew 23 13. But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. For ye neither go in yourself, neither suffer them that are entering to go in. All because of their attitude, all because of their teachings, all because of their doctrine. And this is what Jesus was standing against in their lives. Remember, they were enjoying the blessings of God, the covenant of God. And they were taking advantage of these blessings of God against other people, if you will. Look at verse 13, Matthew 23. One to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, shut up the kingdom of heaven against neither will you go in yourself. Now look at verse 14. One to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you devour widows' houses, and for a pretense, a pretense, make long prayers. Therefore you shall receive the greater damnation. Look at verse 15, Matthew 23. One to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For you compass sea and land to make one proselyte. And when he's made, you made him twofold more the child of hell than yourself. Did you see that? So these are more other crimes, if I may use the word, where what Jesus was really angry with in the life of the Pharisees. Amen? Are we together? Alright, so now we've been able to see the portrait of the Pharisees and, I mean, the rich man their attitude, their character, and then finally the cause I was placed on them because of that. Now, this is something that we need to note. If the Lord gives you a privilege, and especially so that you can be a benefit to other people, and I'm referencing the gospel, you are not supposed to shut it. For instance, when Jesus said he was going to give Peter the key. Like the bishop was speaking on Sunday. Or Saturday. He used the key to open the door. You can't receive ministry. And shut it off to yourself. And just be basking with pride in it. This is what leads to causes. That's why Jesus said. To whom much is given. Much is required. That people benefit from what you are getting, from the revelation is given to you, from the truth is given to you. People should benefit from it. Is that okay? Praise God. Okay, so let's tonight deal with the issue of uh, Lazarus and the rich man and see if we can be able to complete that. I mean, reach the Lazarus of a person. Luke sixteen twenty. Bible says there was a certain beggar named Lazarus. Which was laid at his gate, full of souls. And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the doors came and licked his souls. So the question is, who is this poor neglected beggar that was full of souls? To whom even the dogs, right, with show kind of pity and kindness, 
than the rich man. The dogs were coming, if you will, fellowshipping with him and licking his sores. You know how dogs behave. Yeah, dogs sometimes they lick human sores, but they lick themselves. Okay. The rich man we have to face sumptuously every day. While Lazarus was lying at the gate of this rich man. With mass of sores all over his body. Lonesome. Wanting help. Who is this poor, wretched, protected, despised beggar? Who is this man? It's good to find out. The word Lazarus actually means whom God helps. Whom God helps. And what we read in Luke 16, verse 21, the Bible says, Moreover, the dogs came and licked his house. Now, if you really take time to study that, a more accurate translation of that phrase, moreover, the dogs, actually in the Greek you read, because the word there is Allah, not Allah like uh, Muslim Allah. This one is A, I think you should pronounce Allah or whatever. A-double-L-A. That's what you find there. And Allah doesn't mean moreover. It means other. It is a moreover, the dogs. It means other dogs licked his sores. Not moreover. You know, when you read it from the King James, what he says, moreover, the dogs licked his sword. But that word moreover should be order. So dog licking dogs. Are you getting that? Praise the Lord. Now, what is that word really saying to us? It's like saying, Lazarus is just like any other dog. In other words, Lazarus belongs to the family of the dogs. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay, let me try to explain this in another way. This dog or this Lazarus is classified, if you will, to be among other dogs. Because it was other dogs that were licking his sores. Are, are you getting that? So we want to find out these other dogs. But first of all, let's find out the dog. This, in the course of my story, I find that this is talking about two set of people. But let's first of all read the first one. The first person that... Anyway, let the scriptures interpret that. Psalm 22. Look at verse 1. 22 verse 1. My God, my God. Why have thou forsaken me? Why have thou so far from helping me? And from the west of my roaring. Who said this in the Bible? Who said that? Jesus. Go to Matthew 27 verse 46. Matthew 27 46. The Bible says. And about the night hour. Jesus cried with a loud voice. Saying. Ela, ela, lama sabachthani. That is to say. My God. My God. Why have thou forsaken me? Did you get that? So Psalm 22. 
is talking about Jesus. Let me show you another scripture. Look at verse 22 of Psalm 22. Verse 22 of Psalm 22. I will declare thy name unto thy brethren. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. Who said this? Jesus. Let me show you. Hebrews 2 verse 10. For he became him for whom are all things, and by whom are all things in bringing many sons into glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he that sanctified and they who are sanctified all of one for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. Saying, I will declare, that is verse 22 of Samuel, thy name unto my brethren, in the midst of the church, I will sing praise unto who? Unto thee. So we know that Jesus is the one talking in verse 22 of chapter 22 of the book of Psalm. Are you done with me? Alright. Now let's go down. Psalm 22, back to Psalm 22 now, and see. Look at verse, um, verse 12 of Psalm 22. Many bulls have come past me, strong bulls of Basham have beset me round. The gap at me with their mouths, as a reveling and a roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and my bones are out of joint. Remember that on the cross. My heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. Look at the next thing. My strength is dried up like a portion. And my tongue cleaved to my jaws. And that has brought me into the doors of the earth. Remember when he said he touched. Okay. Then the next thing. For dogs have compassed me. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierce my hands and my feet. Those are the souls. Praise the Lord. So the first person you realize or discover here that Jesus was talking about was himself. He used the name Lazarus because then he just raised Lazarus in John 11. That is why he discovered that when the rich man says, send Lazarus to my five brothers, he said, no, they have the law and the prophet. Even if once you rise from the grave, they will not still believe. So he was talking about his resurrection. He took the name to point it out to them that they actually dealing with him like a beggar. What was the crime? Let me give you another scripture. Philippians 3 verse 1. The dog licked his house. Philippians 3 verse 1. My brethren. Finally my brethren rejoice in the Lord to write the same thing to you. To me indeed it is not grievous. But for you it is safe. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of circumcision. 
For we are the circumcision who brought you God in the spirit. And rejoice in Christ Jesus. I have no confidence where in the flesh. Who was he talking about now? The Jews. What did they call them? Dogs. So when you go down to Psalm 22, what do you see there? The dogs have compassed me about. They pierce my hands and my feet. Praise the living God. Are you following it? So the first thing Jesus did here when he was talking, remember, in that Luke 16, the Bible said they derided him. That's why they launched into the parable. How many of you remember that? Very good. So he was saying there was a rich man that was in Lazarus, the beggar. Why was he such a beggar in the first place? It simply means the Pharisees have all the people that were following him. The people that Jesus was ministering to were the rejects of the society. So he was a beggar. They were looking for opportunity, if you will, to speak. Why the Pharisees have all the privilege to speak to the people all the time. So he was a beggar. Are you following that? Praise the Lord. And from what we read in Psalm 22, you go back there again. That one is very powerful. You begin to understand it. Psalm 22. Um, yes. What he talk about? Verse 16 now. Verse 16. Psalm 22 verse 16. For dogs have compassed me. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. The dogs licked his souls. Is it making sense to you? Good. And Paul explained to us precisely that the dogs are which people? The Jews. The circumcision. And again, takes you back to the house of Judah. It takes you back to the Pharisees. So when he talks a dog, compass me about prophetically, he was describing what the Jews are going to do to him. But he pierced his hands and his feet. That's what you find in Psalm 22. So the first person we can see here precisely to be the dog or the Lazarus was which person? Jesus Christ. And he was begging the people. Now I'm trying to make you understand that Luke 16, we're dealing with Lazarus, the rich man. It's not a story over there somewhere. It was a practical illustration that Jesus was speaking to the people and telling them, this is what you are doing to me and to the rest of the people. This is your position. Praise God. Are we there? All right. So now, the second person that he described as a dog is the Gentiles. I mean the Lazarus. The Lazarus, which is a dog, is a Gentiles. Look at Ephesians 2 verse 11. Ephesians 2 11. Wherefore remember that you have been in time past Gentiles on the flesh who are called on circumcision, but I could just call circumcision in the flesh, made by hands. That at that time, you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. 
But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For it is our peace who had made both one and broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Having abolished in his flesh the enemy, and meeting even the law of commandment, containing ordinances, for to make himself of twin one new man, so making peace. Amen. Who are dogs? I've explained the first section or the first person, the way Jesus described that. Now go with me to Romans, I mean Revelation 22. Look at 14 and 15. Revelation 22, 14 and 15. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life, and may enter in through the gates into the city. Now, you need to compare. We're talking about the kingdom. We're talking about the church. As it were in the Old Testament, talking about the temple. Is that okay? Right. Look at the next thing. What did he say there? For without that is outside the city are all dogs. Did they get that? So those who are not on the faith, by implication, the Gentiles before now were seen as what? Dogs. Because they were not allowed into the most holy place. They were not allowed into the temple. They were dogs. Praise the living God. If you look at Isaiah 1 verse 6, you will see something there. By six and uh, six in particular. Or uh, let's look into it from uh, verse five. Why should you be striking anymore? You will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick, and the whole heart faints. For the soul of the feet, even unto the head, there is no soundness in it. But wounds and bruises and putrefying sores, they have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified without men. In other words, they have not been healed. What people are having the sores? When you look at this scripture, you are talking about two categories of people. The head and the tail, or the rest of the people, the feet. He's speaking of the, the low people, the, the, how do I put it now? The head speaks of the priesthood. That the fear speaks of the common people. But you find that even though the head is sick, the souls are within the body, which is the common people. Are you seeing that? So when we talk about souls, when we talk about dogs, we are talking about commoners, if you may use the word. So here we find that the Pharisees were rejoicing in their glory and looking down on the common people who are not in the priesthood. Praise the living God. Are we here? All right. So, that is the point. Now, follow what I'm saying. And this will give you the clear picture of what I'm trying to say here. Let's get down to my 2.15 and verse 21. My 2.15 verse 21. That Jesus went things and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David, my daughter is grievously weak with devil. 
But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cried after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lordship of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped, saying, Lord, help me. Now I want you to look at the picture of this woman. Remember, she's a Canaanite. Amen. She's coming to Jesus and seeking for, I mean, solution or help or healing for the child. And Jesus will not pay attention. The disciples are saying, send her away. Because her cry for help is disturbing us. It was up to three times this woman came to Jesus. But I want to show you something. Verse 26. After she said in verse 25, Lord help me. What was the answer? But he answered and said, It's not me to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. Did you get that? And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from what? The master's table. The verse 20 here, Jesus answered and said, O woman, great is her faith. Be it unto you, unto thee, even as thou will. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Praise the Lord. Did you get the picture now? Jesus said, because the Jews referred to the Gentiles as wild dogs. This man was a Canaanite. And the Canaanite, if you will, were just round about or just about Jerusalem. Or Israel. So that's why you see when the scripture talks about Lazarus, the dog, laid at the gate of the rich man. The Gentiles were at the rich, I mean at the center, oh, come on, at the gate of the Jews. Ordinarily, like we read in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 4, the Jews were supposed to help the Gentiles out to come into the faith. But they wouldn't do that. Even though they were lying just by their gate. So you see, the dogs were at the gate of the rich man. But the Jews will not lift a finger to help them out. And so when this woman came to Jesus and he said, No, no, no. This thing you request him for is for the children. It's not meant for dogs. That looks like an insult. Yes, but that is the way they were described. That is the way they were known. So when we're talking about Lazarus and the rich man, being a dog, if you will, the dog speaks of the Gentiles, whereby the rich man, or at, his, at the very gate of the rich man, always looking for help. Jesus was looking for help, but I mean, he was only looking for people, or wanting people to minister to, but the Pharisees have more privileges Ever before he came into the scene, they've already established their own structure. So, whatever Jesus was having opportunity to minister to was like crumbs that were falling from the rich man's table. Remember, all of his disciples we started with were the neglect of the scribes and the Pharisees. The people that they never accepted into ministry were the people that Jesus took into ministry. I mean, if you remember that, good. 
The Pharisees will not deal with the publicans. They will not deal with sinners. They will not deal with anybody. Look at the prayer we just read there. I'm not like this one. I'm not like this one. I'm better off and I'm fouled. You know, how many days this one doesn't know anything. I'm not a sinner like him. They don't want to have anything to do with anybody. So everybody else said dog before them. Now I'm trying to make you understand what Jesus was telling these people. He was just trying to make them understand this is your condition. When you are supposed to be of help to other people, you do nothing. When you are supposed to cause them to see the truth about God, you do nothing about it. I have come and you neglect me, you deride me, you mock me. But this is going to be your fate at the end of the day. That's all about Lazarus and the rich man. So the crumbs are falling from the rich man's table. How to do with leftovers, if you will. And the woman said, no, I know. Praise the living God. I know that yes, the bread, oh yes, is meant for the children. But the dogs under the table, by the gate, they will eat the remnant, the crumbs that fall. Let me have some, if you will. And Jesus said, now, <laughs> that is something again that I think we need to learn. I mean, how will you have reacted if your pastor used such words which you feel are derogatory to you? Which ordinarily, yes, you are not supposed to. But assuming, what will be your reaction? Now, how many times have you come to Jesus and then you didn't get answer to what you're looking for? What have been your response? You see, if you look at the Bible, the only people that Jesus said have great faith, they were all Gentiles. They were all Gentile people. So one of the things that qualifies for great faith is nothing is going to stop you from believing and trusting and assessing who Jesus is as far as your life is concerned. And Jesus referred to that great faith. Hallelujah. Faith that is better than the faith of the Jews. We're talking about people who were not given the privilege to have all that the Jews had. But here they had faith. So, this Lazarus of a person is symbolic of who Jesus and the Gentiles in relation to the Pharisees and their work. So, the violence of the wild here, we see um, Lazarus lay at the rich man's gate. And this woman encountered the Lord at the border of the land of Israel. The very border of the land of Israel. That's it telling you precisely. Remember, we're trying to find out who the rich man is. We're trying to find out who Lazarus is. Lazarus basically the Gentiles. The Canaanite that lived just at the escape, right at the border of Israel. But the Jews will not have any dealing with them. We don't have any. Can you think about it? God giving you such glorious privileges and covenant. And God intends you to extend your covenant to the people. But you will do nothing about it. That is why Jesus kept on telling them. Woe unto you scribes and Pharisees. You won't enter and yet will not allow others to come in. Praise God. So the heathen nations. They were the one lying at Judah's gate. Who are not entitled to the right of the Jews, as we explained before. They don't have the privilege, like we find in the book of Romans, chapter 9. I mean, if you remember that. Good. From the Jews, 
We have Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The patriarch came from there. Jesus came from there. They have the law. They have the covenant. They have all of those ceremonies in the temple. Beautiful things that they were doing. That God gave to them. But the Gentiles never had access to all of those things. But yet, the Gentile nature was just by the border. And they will not extend any of these privileges. Or good news, if I may use the word, unto those people. So these were the rich men. And these are the, 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 the what do you call it now? The Lazarus or the dogs that were by the gates. The Jews looked upon the heading nations about them as barbarians and dogs. That's what we read before. You understand that? And the rich man we see the children of the kingdom who are sought were clothed in purple and fine linen, rich and increased with goods, daily feasting on their finer delicacies, like we said, contrasted with the heathen world, lost, full of souls, and lacking everything. They had nothing, like we read in the book of Ephesians. Praise the living God. Lazarus will lay down the rich man's gate full of souls, which speaks of a kind of an outcast, spiritually deficient condition. And that's exactly what we read in Isaiah chapter 6. We are full of souls. You are deficient in spiritual realities and spiritual uh, provisions. You are deficient. That's what it means to be full of souls. So you see, Lazarus was full of souls. That means the Gentile nations, they were deficient of spiritual availability which God had made available to the Jews. They never had access to any of those things. They were deficient in the things of God. Lazarus was a God. I mean a dog. Which is Gentile. To be found himself where? In that particular class. Now I told you before. You said, Moreover she read other dogs. Is that okay? Good. Other dogs licked his sauce. And I explained that precisely to you. You see. Jesus was seen. Or described himself as a dog in the condition. But now he was in the midst of dogs. Did you get that? Who were the dogs? The Jews. He was in the midst of dogs. He saw himself and they looked at him and dog was trying to describe how neglected he was, how they tried to neglect him, and then the dogs licked his sauce, which we'll find in Psalm 22, verse 16, which has to do with the Jews. Hallelujah. So these are all not literal dogs, not the dogs at back, not the type you train in your house. That's what we are talking about here. So that when people start using this passage and I'll be telling you what will happen or what happened, you know, dogs up in the realm of spirit licking people's souls, shadow way of thinking. Hallelujah. They were not literal dogs, but they were all just figures that represent nations that were surrounding Judah without the abundant blessing of God. They suit one another the best way they can, except when they are fighting. As dogs often do. What am I trying to say? Dogs leaks each other's souls. If you really know how dogs behave. Except they are fighting each other. If one is injured. The other dog comes along. To help out. By licking the wound. Of the injured dog. Try to study dog. That's the way they behave. So what is that supposed to mean? It means the Gentiles. We're helping themselves out. Because the Jews will not do that. Are you getting what I'm saying here? Say, moreover, or other dogs 
licked his sores. Meaning, when we never held the, the gospel preached to us as Gentiles, we're trying to help ourselves out. Now, this is partially or precisely maybe why you see other nations worshiping different gods. Because even now, you don't blame any nation, you don't blame any people. If you have the gospel and you don't take it to them, they will look for a way to help themselves by making available the gods that can help them. So the dogs are licking their socks. Are you getting that? When you don't help people with the gospel, they will find a means to help themselves, spiritually speaking. But because the Jews refuse to help the Gentile nation, the Canaanites, what did they end up doing? They were helping themselves out. Whichever way, by which they can approach God or get to God. The same thing happens today. When you don't minister the gospel to people, God gives you the privilege to do that. What's the next thing that happened? You see that those people will want to be finding solution or looking for solution. So dogs are now licking each other's dog. They're helping them to see how their spiritual deficiency can be packaged. And that leads them to idol worship, leads them to other manner of things that they do. And this is where God is angry. Help me somebody. This is where God is angry and was angry with the Jews. Because they will not extend the message, the covenant that God gave to them to other nations. And those people were trying to help themselves out. I hope you are not doing the same too. That in your own little square, I mean little kingdom, little space that you have, that God has given to you, where knowledge has given to you. If you're not using it to help other people, they are going to help themselves. God gets angry with you. Praise the living God. So, get the picture right. Who is Lazarus? You can tell me with a snap of a finger. It speaks about Jesus and then the Gentile nations. Is that okay? Right. So it's not talking about literal dogs. No, no, no. And so as we progress, we're able to see now, you know what the crumbs are? The crumbs are whatever is supposed to be left over. And like I said before, all the people that the, the, the Pharisees were neglecting, those were the people that Jesus was ministering to. They were left over. They were crumbs. With which we do ministry. Praise the Lord. So, you need to understand this parable clearly. And you need to also apply it to yourself. The area that you need to apply. And like this area we're talking about, it's very critical. The dog were licking each other's dog because the, the rich man refused to give them sufficiency or whatever they need to approach God to get to God. So they have to help themselves out. And what is going to supposed to be? They give whatever thing they can, spiritually speaking. So it could be idol worship. It could be anything. And so you also become a victim of such circumstance. What I mean is you having the gospel, you having the truth, and you're holding it, you're not releasing it to other people. Don't blame them. Don't even go tell them they're going to go to hell. It is you that is actually going to go to hell. Not them. Because since you refuse to let them have what God has, they want to help themselves with what they can find. Because man naturally is a spiritual being. And for the fall of Adam, now they come to the place where they have to think or have to go back to the Father. The Spirit must go back to the Father. So if you cannot provide the way, which is Jesus, they will have to find another way to get in their own thinking to the Father. And I think this is what I've led to worshipping of you know, rivers, trees, rocks, and the north, and so on and so forth. 
Why? Because somebody who have the truth is refusing to give them the truth. They have to lead themselves. The dog lick each other's souls. They are trying to help themselves to grow spiritually. The little they can. The best they can. In their ignorance. And that becomes your problem. And when God sees that, remember the cause that he plays upon the children of Israel. May your table become a snare and a trap. What's the table? Your worship. May their worship, may their sacrifices become a snare and a trap. Romans 11. Why? Because they refuse to extend that knowledge to other people. The excess of God raising Israel was a true that covenant the rest of the nations would come to know God. That is why he said what he said in Deuteronomy chapter 4. And I pray that should not be your portion. Praise the living God. That at any point in time, the little you have, let people know. Let your neighbors know. Let everyone around you get to know about Jesus Christ. Share the covenant that God has with you. Let them come and enjoy the glory of being in faith. Let them come and enjoy the freedom that Jesus has provided. If you don't do that, you are one of those Pharisees, one of those rich men. You are just walking. Remember, finally it speaks of righteousness. In their own case, righteousness of the law. What we have today is the fire leaning of Christ for the righteousness of Christ. Amen. You, are, you could be rejoicing in your righteousness, but when you refuse to assist those who are laying by your gates, the next thing is woe unto you. Irrespective of the Father, you have your righteousness. So, everything God has given to you, God intends you to share it with your neighbor. God intends us to come to the place where there should be no dog in the society. And that is why we find in Ephesians, God is breaking down the middle wall of what? Partition. No more Gentiles, no more Jews. He has made it to a one nation through his body. God is no longer talking about Gentiles. We have become one. So you can't expect Gentiles around your border and you do nothing about it. God will pronounce a war upon you. Is anybody understanding me? Get the picture right. In summary, the rich man is who? The house of Judah. The five brothers are who? The five brothers are of Judah. Is that okay? Right. Lazarus is who? Jesus and the Gentiles. The sores are the wounds in the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ. Who are those that lick the sores? The Jews. Like we find in Ephesians 3. Praise the living God. Then the bread and the crumb we also find to be the Canaanite woman that was right at the border of food, the tribe of the nature of Israel. And they refused to assist them. And I'm saying, may that not be your nature that you find people that need to be helped with the gospel and you shut your eyes against them. No, don't be like one of those rich men. Praise the living God. God bless you. Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. 